0: Hello, everyone, and hey. welcome to Halona Do. My friend is Zach is here. My friend, friend is Zach, because now I'm Italian. My friend <laughs> Zach is here. Um, Zach is your friend. Zach is That's my true. friend. That was a I true should, statement. I should, I should make bumper have, stickers. Zach is that. my friend. So my friend Zach is here. Zach is... Uh, holla. Go, holla. Do you mind if I say he's going to school to be a pastor?
1: Yeah, you said that in the episode. So I know, I'd,
0: but I didn't know if you wanted me to like say it again. Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, so Zach is going to school to be a pastor, <laughs> and I wanted to have him on because we have a lot of great conversations about really deep spiritual topics, and I thought you guys would really enjoy it, and it was amazing. Let's see, what did we talk about? It was a lot about how we got to know each other, what we did when we grew up with each other, what movies we liked. How we bonded on movies. Probably
1: the most interesting part of the podcast is what you're talking about right now, for sure.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then we talk about, you know, is it morally okay for Christians to vote to for vote Trump. Trump? Which is very interesting. Stay tuned. Um, that sounded sarcastic, and it was not. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then we talk about... Very it was interesting very conversation. with finger quotes. Um, then we transition into whether God plays an active or inactive role in our world. And then that transitions into a topic of whether the Bible should be seen as more literal. And we talk about Adam and Jesus and what that all means. And then we wrap it up and it's great.
1: It it really was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it immensely. (laughs) Immensely.
0: But as always, no, first of all, of fun. we miss Mathis.
1: We do we <laughs> miss Mathis. <laughs> we miss Mathis. Although I have conflicted feelings about Mathis being gone because Mathis being gone afforded me this lovely opportunity very true. to and spend time with you, John.
0: Oh, very true. And, yeah, you can hit us up at our email at gmail.com. H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-U at gmail.com. Um, you can always talk to us on Twitter. We love interacting with people at helonadu And, as always, rate, subscribe, review on iTunes um cuz somehow people find us that way enjoy get it get it
1: <laughs> should we what? do the high school musical like oh yeah ready Ma.
0: ma, 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 ma! Hello, everyone, and welcome. Say hello. Hello. Oh, hey! Good to see you here. Hey, John. Hey. Who is this mystery
1: character on the mic?
0: I don't know. Well, first of all, welcome to Hello and Do everyone. This is very exciting, and I'll tell you why. First of all, I actually have someone in the room with me when I'm recording, and I'm not by myself talking to Mathis on Facetime. Podcast first.
1: Well, or no, second. Te-
0: technically second, but the first time was, it was just with your an-
1: brother, wasn't it, or your brother Oh, yep.
0: Okay, third time.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm just feeling less special yeah. by the moment
0: because we-, we recorded one in New Zealand, but that was right. on my phone in a camper yeah, van. Yeah, that sucked. You should just so, del- you should th-
1: just delete that one. Uh, maybe I will. No offense to
0: you, your friends who were in New Zealand with you, but right. I mean, I'm not offended. They'll probably be offended. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I am here today with my friend. Zach, I was gonna say your last name, but I realized that it doesn't. It's
1: it's kind of against podcast etiquette to use last name,
0: right? Names. So it's just Zach. Now we, I don't know what grade we met in. I think it was
1: fourth. In my mind, it's fourth. I think it was earlier than that. Was it? Because we met at church. Uh huh. And when I my family first came to that church, I'm pretty sure I was in like the end of second grade. Oh. Cause you were going like you were going to Sunday school and and stuff. Yes, like, I was all a good the way Christian boy. You were, <laughs> uh, as we as we all were. As we were. Um. Yeah. I. I. I don't. Re- you're right. I don't really remember you much before about fourth grade. So I was forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> I just slinked in the background. Well, obviously you don't remember me either, so it's fine. Oh, valid. Um. So we maybe we just sat on opposite sides. Maybe we glared
0: at each other from afar. The classroom, right and
1: then secretly it, hated each other yeah
0: and then you know it just took off we had a great friend group
1: it really did it, we did have a, a solid friend group and it was
0: because we we went to the same church growing up and we had our our youth group which was pretty much like the place to be it back really was. then we had a blast we had our own group of people we hung out outside we made childhood movies we did I guess maybe i shouldn't call them childhood movies <laughs> we made movies because we're professional we were um most notably you may have seen on YouTube uh we were part of the emo hunters. Yes. <laughs> Classic everyone.
1: Sixty five people who have seen the emo hunters. <laughs> Sixty five like, oh
0: views on my YouTube. Gosh.
1: Um what else did we do? We I mean that's usually what I think about when I think about us scr- that and Dance Dance Revolution. Oh it I forgot a, we did it that. It was together. a pretty regular occurrence <laughs> on a Friday or Saturday night, probably, you know, in the early aughts. You know, two thousand two, two thousand four, somewhere in there. Okay. Um, that I would go and spend the night at John's, and we'd hang out in the basement and play Dance Dance Revolution on the PlayStation Two all night. We'd drink
0: uh, coke. We I, when pretzels. we're at Zach's house, we would eat pretzels. Right. We didn't really have pretzels at my no, house. No, you didn't. What did we have at my house? I don't remember. Oh, I we remember did r- chips and uh, the liquid cheese. We would warm up yes. chips and salsa. Or whatever. Yes.
1: For those of you. Uh, Dance Dance Revolution Connoisseurs, Midnight Blaze was our. Oh my God. I just got so many was good our, flashbacks. Right, there it is. Midnight
0: Blaze, a flower, There it is. <laughs>
1: so that was the song of choice. We got that one down. I'm pretty sure oh, yeah. we did it. We never got really good at. I DDR. think we stuck to like there we was like a low,
0: medium, yeah. There's light, medium, and maybe hard. And I think we crushed light. Yeah, and we tried medium. <laughs> we we're like, uh oh, no. no,
1: this isn't funny. Too anymore. much exercise. So, uh, if you're among the people who actually know how to play DDR, don't think that John and I were uh, among the the chosen because no, we were No, we thought we were good though. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we
0: also growing up, we bonded on movies. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think which one specifically. I know we saw Star Wars Episode Three together at midnight. We did at midnight. I remember that because I was in
1: middle school and I had to go to school the next day, and I was a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact about me is I was homeschooled until eighth grade. <laughs> I forgot these. <laughs> so why is that? Why I is don't that know. Funny? So homeschooled perk: when you go to see Star Wars Episode Three at midnight, oh. you can just kind of chillax the next day. Lucky. Yeah, as was the case with a couple other people in our friend group. That's true. Yeah. So I could be like, "Mom, Star Wars is important. I'm going tomorrow," and she'd be like, "Okay, just get all your stuff done today." And I just work, work, work my little booty off, and then not You're have so any lucky, s- yeah, not have any schoolwork the next day.
0: And we also bonded a lot on Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Um, that was probably the main. You
1: kind of got me into Harry Potter, actually. Oh, really? Because I remember. <coughs> um, like right when the Harry Potter books started coming out, there was like definitely in like the segment of like Christianity and evangelicalism that we grew up, there was some like Harry Potter is of the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, He's Satan spawn. Everyone, right, Make sure your kids don't read this. I don't think my parents were ever really uptight about it, but they were just like, eh, maybe you shouldn't read it sort of thing. But they were like, once I started to express some interest in it, they were totally, they were totally chill about it. Um, so I just like, had heard that some people thought it was of the devil. And then my good friend, John is super into hey. Harry Potter. And I was like, yeah, maybe it's not that bad. So then, uh, I think you, you, you were the one who, and it's I'm been so a long glad. and long and <coughs> fruitful relationship between me and Harry Potter. And Harry Potter <laughs> is something that my wife and I really, Chubby, come on in. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's not, here. she's not here really bond over. She it. doesn't exist. Um, Just so maybe <laughs> she does exist. <laughs> John, do you think about that? You might have been, because if Shelby and I didn't have Harry Potter, oh maybe. Gosh. Am I the matchmaker? I don't know. You might be. It, 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 it's, not, it's not just you, but you might have oh. had a part in it. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take Shelby it. Shelby and I are very happy together. So I know you are. If you're looking to get with somebody.
0: Just come over to me. Yeah, I'll tell call, you about Harry Potter. <laughs> right. And then sometime in the future, you'll bond right. with someone, and then Wait, you'll John. be married. Um, but actually one of the, one reason I wanted to have Zach on is because he's currently going to school to be a pastor. I am. You are. Mm -hmm. And here's one thing I love and respect about Zach. He is so smart and so intelligent when it comes to like Bible knowledge. Um, but he also Understands that not everyone identifies with the Bible. And he's really like on this journey of like learning how other people are seeing the world and really incorporating that into his um, schooling and then into hopefully pastor job later in life. Well, soon, hopefully. Oh, Cross really. your fingers. Um, so we're going to talk about some stuff. And I hope you guys are excited because I'm excited. And Zach's like, uh huh. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> no,
1: I am actually, I am absolutely excited. I mean, this is what i go to school for it's what i think about most of the time so obviously i really enjoy it um
0: and he's very in, he's very smart when he talks and i'm like a derp 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 <laughs> so you'll see why because he's gonna he's gonna be like, cranking out all these really smart things and i'm gonna be like
1: um don't oversell it john
0: don't worry zach it's gonna be fine <laughs> okay <clears throat> okay so i wanted to ask zach a political question um just because since he is going to school for um, to be a pastor, I wanted to ask him kind of what, how he's feeling about the political environment. Uh, not necessarily who he's voting for, but I feel like I've been seeing a lot I of... Don't, I don't know, by the way, who I'm voting well, for. There
1: you go. I know who I'm not voting for. Amen. Positively. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, that that cat just scared me, by the way. I thought the world was falling. Um, but I feel like I've been seeing a lot of articles where... Um, they're saying a lot of like evangelicals and people from the Christian community are saying that Donald Trump is. I keep messing it up. What was it?
1: Uh, the the the, I, I'm the godly sure th- thing
0: to do is to vote for Donald.
1: yeah. I'm pretty sure the article you're thinking about is a right. article called "Why Voting for Donald Trump Can Be a Morally Good Choice." Does that, that sound right? That is it. That is it. And I cannot
0: find anywhere in me where I believe that's true. And I wanted to know what you thought of it.
1: Yeah. um, Well, a few things about it. There's definitely, there are certainly evangelicals, and if you're not familiar with the term evangelicals, evangelicals is just kind of a broad term to define, um, kind of like a conservative wing of Christianity uh, that believes the Bible is completely true, Mm -hmm. um, that uh, really... Uh, is serious about their relationship with Jesus and uh, often traditionally has voted Republican just for the sake of this conversation. That's probably, that's not how I would want to define evangelicalism um, as as voting Republican, but that's something in in terms of the public sphere, that's something uh, evangelicals are known for. And evangelicalism is the, what John and I both grew up in. Yep. So there's definitely a segment of evangelicals that are supporting Trump. But one thing I want to say is I think it's kind of overstated on social media and whatnot how large a segment of evangelicalism that is. There are many evangelicals uh, and evangelical leaders that are like hell to the no, under no circumstances, uh, not supporting Trump. And, like, the most vocal of which is uh, a guy named Russell Moore, um, who is uh, a leader in the Southern Baptist Convention. And he's, like, kind of gotten not into some – like, he said some mean things about – not not mean, but he said some critical things about Donald Trump, and uh-huh. then Donald Trump will, like, tweet at him in mean ways. <laughs> classic. Um, right, classic Classic Trump. Donnie. Right, that guy. <laughs> um, so there are plenty of – I just want to make that clear because yeah. it's not something that's often stated because you do see these articles where you're like, right. evangelicals for Trump, and you're kind of like, what?
0: That's the problem with social thinking? media. They, totally. they do clickbait things, and it's clickbait you believe and,
1: the title. You don't even read the article, but you're like, exactly. I see the
0: title, and it's true.
1: No, that and also just in terms of like news media, it's like a lot more exciting to have a news story about how evangelicals are supporting Donald Trump because that seems right. like a super like interesting thing, than be like, and evangelicals are now jumping ship on the Republican Party because they don't care for Donald Trump. Um, so just want to say that as like a qualifier first yeah. thing, and then, um, but you're right, there are several prominent. very prominent evangelicals that are like kind of speaking out in support of Trump. Mm -hmm. Um, the most notably of which is wing most notable of which is Wayne Grudem, which is that article you were alluding to. Oh, um, and Wayne Grudem is a, if you, if you went to Bible college or Christian college of any time, sorry, (laughs) my cat is determined to destroy our, uh, little audio setup here. Um, How wooed. Yeah. If you, the, uh, if you went to Bible college or uh, like a Christian school and you took a class in like systematic theology, which is a pretty common class that you'll take in one of those schools. uh, It's very likely that you, your textbook for that class was systematic theology by Wayne Grudem. Um, His is the most like popular and common uh, systematic theology textbook among evangelicals. And it's phenomenal. Like that's why it's, it's really good. It's just like, super like biblically like biblically based and there's just a jillion like bible references in it yeah. and it's like you know 1800 it's over on the shelf over there oh wanna, hey it. there it is
0: what up grudo hey grudo
1: hey wayne hey um, wayne uh and he's like a very well respected person in evangelicalism and he has this article it's essentially i i understand why he wrote it because there's a lot of evangelicals who are confused like what the heck what do we do right hillary trump I have the Antichrist on one hand and then the Beast of the Apocalypse on the other. Yes. And I'm just going to write in Lord Baby Jesus on my, oh my ballot. I wonder how many people actually do People do it. That. People do it. They write in Jesus. That'd be amazing. would <laughs> <laughs> be the best. What if Jesus got elected? Oh, my goodness. What would we do? I don't know. Um,
0: he just like comes out. He's like,
1: hey. I'm here. Just waiting for you all to elect <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. It's about time. Right. Come, Lord Jesus. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of evangelicals who are confused yeah. and Grudem's trying to kind of give them some guidance on that. So I like applaud that, sure. Uh, in some sense because it's like it's like a pastoral <clears> concern <throat> like all these Christians are confused and they are like do want to make like a good responsible decision, but I'm of the opinion that voting for Donald Trump under any circumstances is not is not the right one.
0: I think the thing is with this whole in the article is that it's not necessarily that people want to vote for Donald Trump. They just don't, don't want, want to vote Hillary. for Hillary. Yeah, and I exactly. think, honestly, that's what the article was saying. Because I remember don't reading like, it, and it was just saying how. Hillary sucks. Yes. Yeah, so, like it didn't say anything about, you know, what Donald Trump stands for or what he's going to do. It was don't pretty like, much, this is what Hillary is going to do. So don't vote for her. Right. And so I, I understand the article. I just don't agree.
1: Right. Which is, yeah. <laughs> and if you're going to be completely. Pragmatic about your vote, like if it's more important to you that Hillary not be president, right? Then you (laughs) be able to like stand before the Lord in good conscience for who you voted for. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I understand the reasoning there. I just think it it doesn't hold up.
0: Yeah, and I think the hard part is we don't want to. It's like if you don't vote for either the Republican or the Democratic nominee, your vote pretty much unfortunately is useless in our type of democracy
1: yeah but i mean but it doesn't as long mean- as that attitude continues though i agree ever gonna change. i know i agree so, and if there's ever an election to kind of make some noise as far as like this political two-party system blows chunks <laughs> yeah so can we like try to mix it up a little bit this would be the election cycle i agree to do that so Having the like uh like I really don't want Trump to be president, so I'll vote for Hillary, or i like definitely don't want Hillary to be president, so I'll vote for Trump like that now is not the time for that kind of thinking no um and like in all likelihood, honestly, like hillary's like ninety eight percent hillary's gonna win like and that and if you're if you haven't come to terms with that yet, just get on with it because it's gonna happen yeah. i'm a, like Myself and many of my evangelical buddies are not thrilled about that. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. And honestly, you know, from, from a Christian perspective, if you believe that, like, God is in control of, like, the entire world, this is going to sound I, like great. I was just thinking, Zach. This yeah. Gonna be, oh, man. If you believe Look at us go. Right. If you believe that God is in control of the entire world... Mm-hmm. Um, down to like weather patterns and um, kind of depending on your perspective, but even like sure. decisions that we make in some sense or like elections. Like if God is in control of these things, as by the way, Christians are supposed to believe. Ooh. Um,
0: That's from pastor Zach. Everyone. Right.
1: Who the, like who the heck ha- cares who gets elected president? Like, it's not like God is less in control if Hillary gets elected or if Trump gets elected. Sure. Or if something else happens, like if your hope is, because I I just, like, my hope as a Christian isn't in the, isn't in the, like, the political system as it exists. Like, I don't think, like, the Democratic Party is going to, like, restore, like, peace and prosperity on the planet, right. and, like, I sure as hell don't think the Republican Party is going to do it. At least not so, now. So, and I think, like, that's something that everyone gets caught up in, and Christians especially, um, sometimes, in, like, these election cycles, like our country is screwed if this person gets elected or like everything's going to suck. And I just don't know what we're going to do. And I just, if you really believe that Jesus is in control of everything that happens in the world, then you can take a deep breath because it doesn't matter. Like if it's Trump, if it's Hillary, if it's somebody else, like whatever Jesus wants to get done in the next four years is going to get done. No more, no less. Sure. And, uh, that's, so that's that's why it's okay to vote for not Donald Trump or right, not Hillary. And that's exactly so vote especially, and I I'm addressing this to Christians because I think these Christians are the ones who are conflicted about this. Yeah, vote in such a way that when you're when you are you know standing before Jesus, Stand and he's like, the Lord. 2016, remember that election day. What did you did what what was going on there? What like because you are like you are gonna like. Be responsible for your decisions, and that's just kind of part of living in a democracy and being a Christian and being responsible. So, sure, vote for someone that you would feel okay looking Jesus in the eye. Mm. He's watching because well, he is. <laughs> He's watching. He's he knows. watching you, Lord, baby Jesus knows,
0: Lord, baby Jesus.
1: But seriously, so <coughs> yeah, that's that's my that's my two cents on the that election. That was good. Yeah,
0: I like the Christian perspective of yeah, it.
1: Yeah, and 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 as I said before, I. I I don't really have that all ironed out. Like, I don't really know who I'm going to vote for yeah. in this election yet. I know it, I'm 100% sure it's not going to be Trump. And I'm like 90% sure it's not going to be Hillary. I would maybe consider Hillary definitely not Trump. But really anyone other than those two sounds great.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's a mess. So And I hope that future elections aren't like this. Yeah. Because they're rough. Jeez. Um, this actually does really play into our next topic really well, because <clears throat> one thing I wanted to talk about, uh, specifically with Zach, which is something we've talked about before is whether or not God plays an active or an inactive, inactive role in our world. So like Zach was saying, you know, <clears throat> as Christians, you are to believe that, you know, God is in control of everything. He's in control of the future. He's in control of, I don't know if we go as far as saying like the weather or, you know your finances, uh, I mean, or it's,
1: it, it would be extremely, an extremely, like mainstream Christian position to say that God's in control of the weather.
0: Right, and for me, I know in my spiritual journey, I have a really tough time seeing God at. Well, here's where it started. I I don't mind um, praising God for the good things that happen mm-hmm. in life, but when it comes to all the bad things that happen, I have a lot of trouble saying that God is responsible for those. And so, in my mind, it's like, okay, like I'm fine with you know God doing this really great right. thing, but if I don't think God does the bad, where you know it, se-
1: it, it seems like it's an
0: impossible conflict, it's right? Like, it's
1: like inauthentic in a way. It you is know, like if and I'm so, like really pumped about saying you know hashtag PTL when I get a promotion, <laughs> praise work, the Lord, everyone, um, or something like that, but then when I get fired, right, I'm not willing to like bring <laughs> God into that. Equation That doesn't seem like it seems like you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth. Right. God's in control of this thing and other things like, well, I guess just that.
0: And I always go to the extreme like kids with cancer or, you know, kids that like go through this really horrific circumstances. And it's like, how can God allow that? Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's where I am. And I haven't even fully I don't understand it myself. I just know that for me right now, I feel like God has to play an inactive role in our world. Cause I can sleep better at night not thinking that God causes all the bad things.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess does I- it, does it, I, I guess my question is then does it, does it like bother you or maybe bothers in the right word, but is it like, do you feel any different not having like uh like a divine presence that is responsible for the good things in the world? Like if something just really like awesome happens that you just think is like, Like, don't you, like, do you ever want to thank someone for those things?
0: I do. I instinctually, I find myself wanting to. Right. Because I've done that my whole life. Um, And honestly, for me in this process, I've found that I actually enjoy it a lot more, thinking that God has an inactive role. Because it doesn't mean God doesn't exist, but it puts the, um, it puts my choices back on me. Mm -hmm. And so I can celebrate my successes myself and not being like, thank you, God. But honestly, I mean it sounds selfish, but you know, you thank yourself for, you know, being strong, having the courage to really make those choices. Mm -hmm. And then when you fail, you know, you don't have someone to blame. You have to blame yourself. And I think that's really important in life because I don't think we, I think we kind of dissociate ourselves from all the bad things we do because I wouldn't say we like consciously are like, you know, I do this because it was God's will, but I, I feel like it helps me take, um, responsibility that's it take responsibility for my own actions totally. and it's easier for it's honestly it's easier for me to watch the news it's easier for me to live in this world that we live in right now with that mindset and it's definitely not easy <laughs> because right when you really like delve into your spiritual life and this instinctive part that we are talking about you realize how much of your relationship with god is based on the idea that god plays an active role right um like The one thing that I've really noticed is prayer. Growing up in the evangelical church, we pray like, you know, thank you God for this day. Thank you for this food. And when I really thought about it, like when it finally hit me, I was like, why am I praying these words when I don't believe God plays an active role? Like, why am I thanking God for this day when, yes, God exists, but I, I mean, I live this day. Um, I don't think he allowed me to have an extra day or so that it honestly like crushed me for a while yeah. because I was like, so what do I do? You know, I really enjoy prayer. I think it's very meditative and I mm-hmm. think, you know, a lot of times we don't have someone to talk to. And so we just talk to God. And, um, so it really made me have to redefine what prayer is. And honestly, I had to redefine who God was. And I think that's kind of where all of this comes into my life. My yeah, spiritual life.
1: Totally. I guess with w- one thing you say, well, if you, if you believe that God takes kind of an inactive role, it's kind of a contradiction in terms, like inactive and role. Like role is by definition active. Sure. So like was, God is inactive in some way. Okay. So, I mean, the, the theological term for that would be um, the distinction between uh, like deism with a deism, David, and then theism like, uh, you know, th yeah um so theism would uh like traditionally be kind of the broader category of religion that would be like judaism islam and christianity and then deism is um just kind of the idea that god like a god made the world and then just kind of like set it going (laughs) yeah and then doesn't really do anything else Um, other than making like creating the world and and getting it rolling and this was common like the god of like greek philosophers like around the time when like jesus was on the earth and a little bit before um was kind of like a impersonal force that just created the world and this has been more common like in history um recently like the founding fathers of america many of them were deists so they believed in a God but didn't believe in, like, miracles or an act of God that would, like, interrupt the created order in any way. And to me, I, I, just me personally, and, and I, like, I don't want to, like, put you on the spot for, like, how you process all this because you said you're kind of in process yeah. on it. But when I think about it, like, believing in a God who doesn't care about me. Or maybe I mean, it, I w-
0: yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that.
1: Well, if he's not, if he's not active, right. then what manifestation does his love for you even have?
0: You know, if God does play an active role and He allows these things, you could also argue that how can totally. He care about you right, if exactly. He allows like, all these things? Right, exactly. Like if God, things. right, everything. Um, and I guess the only way I can explain it, and I think I told you this last time we talked about this, but like I see it almost as if, like how you can see part of your parent in you as a child. And I kind of see that as like the world. So, you know, God gave birth, in quotes, to this earth. And so we can see God, you know, in the DNA of this earth. And that's kind of how I am seeing the world. And I guess that doesn't really go back to how he cares about me. I I think parents always care about their totally. children, in a sense, um, whether they're around or not. Um, it's almost this innate thing. Um, and I guess that's a really good question. I haven't really
1: yeah I I mean that's to me that's why I I personally can't go there because I like I don't just the way I feel like I'm wired and it's I guess it's because of my upbringing in like Christianity Mm -hmm. for sure but I also believe it's like part of who I am as a human being Sure, like I am wired to care about my life like to want purpose for my life and to care about the people around me and to care about um, like I can't be okay with the fact that I mean maybe after you know training myself enough to be okay with it. I could, but I don't want to train myself to believe that like my existence is meaningless, I guess. So Um,
0: do you think with an inactive God, life is meaningless?
1: I, I don't know. I, I, maybe you can, maybe you can help me, but I don't know how you can get around it. Um,
0: Well, well, I don't see why, why does God bring meaning into like our conversation or into you helping someone else? Like that interpersonal relationship, I think, gives purpose in itself i don't think you necessarily need right,
1: but then you die after 70 years and that's it
0: so why yeah. like why I, I trust me i know i don't
1: <laughs> i i know it's it's hard and 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 i guess i wouldn't want to say like because i believe in a personal god that's why i you know the classic example that's why i helped the like old lady across the street yeah or something like that um i Although like that does motivate me of those things, sure. People who don't believe in God do kind things all the time. Yeah. So I guess my r- thinking on it is more so that because that is such an innate part of who w- who we are as human beings, mm-hmm. and I can't really understand why that would be the case.
0: Do you think we're inherently good or bad? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there, Pastor Zach. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just seems like as you're talking, it sounds like you're almost saying we're instinctually bad. And so we almost need God to, you know, encourage us to do nice things for people. Because if God wasn't there, then we yeah, would Yeah, and that's what ca- that,
1: thats what I kind of want to avoid saying. Um, I can cut it out. Is that I don't... Because this is something like Richard Dawkins and uh, like well-known atheists will like jump all over mm-hmm. um, being... Like oh so you're only kind to people because you think God's gonna th- like throw you in hell if you're not, oh. and uh, that's, <laughs> that's how, how I felt from, growing up. Right, and that's how it comes across sometimes. Yeah, and I think that's uh, even in the church. That's kind of how we like teach people. Right. Um, but I think. It's good to say that there is something innately good and kind in humanity. Yeah. Um, and just from a Christian perspective, that you just say that's the image of God within us, like in the creation story in Genesis. Sure. Um, talks about us being like, and this is something that Jews and Christians hold in common, it talks about us being made in the image of God. So we believe that God is all good, um, and we are made like him in his image, Um, so we are designed in that sense to imitate God. Um, and that's part of our, part of our DNA, part of our wiring. Yeah. But yeah, I do believe in our current state and our like, yes, we are designed to and wired to and created for the purpose of being good. Um, Mm -hmm. but all of us, all of us, um, as individuals, uh, and as, as a race, um, continually, continually fail to live as we ought to live. I was just, um, this uh, is a really uh, well-known uh, Christian book called Mere Christianity, written by C.S. Lewis, um, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, and early on in the book, he talks about how kind of every human being has a sense of right and wrong. Um, across across the board every single culture and yes there are some differences from culture to culture on what right and wrong is um, but it's like always there in one form or another and it's usually pretty similar uh, is what he says Um, but at the same time we all have a sense of how we ought to live our lives but without fail every single one of us fails to live in the way that we feel that we should so the way he puts it, he has like a really like pithy way of saying it. That is every single one of us fails to do the very things that ev- every day we fail to do the things that we expect others to do.
0: It's very true.
1: Um, So we hold other people to a standard that we ourselves are not meeting. So that's kind of, I think the contradiction, I think that really gets to the core of. Human nature is like we have a sense of what is good and what is right, and we are inclined towards those things. But every single one of us is is failing to 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 meet hit hit the bar there. And I think that's a very Christian way of describing, yeah, um describing human nature. So I don't, I, I don't, I feel like I've been talking like ninety percent of the. No, bodies. I'd rather you talk. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't. I agree with everything you're saying. I think that's. You know, I understand the the Christian way of seeing it so much that I think that's why it took me so long to, like, uh, kind of like you were saying, I had to, like, break down a barrier that I had. Like, I had to, like, it's hard, but I had to, like, mentally be like, okay, I have to let go of this so that I can think this way for a little bit. And now I'm just, like, <laughs> floating. It's like a dominoes, you know. <laughs> um, Kind of another thing, like, going back to how – my idea of prayer shifted when I thought of like an inactive God. It also then kind of reflects on the Bible, which I'm really, I'm nervous to talk about because I don't. It's, it's, when you're, when you're brought up in like evangelicalism and Christian, it's not easy to talk against the Bible
1: or express doubts about it. <laughs>
0: that is the best way to put it. Thank right. you, Pastor Zach. Um, and so, you know, in the Bible, you know, it talks about God playing this active, active role in mm-hmm. our world. And so, mm-hmm. For me, then, it's like, where do you go (laughs) with all of it? It's like, do you just kind of see the Bible as like this amazing collection of stories and poems that, um, you know, still contain the message that the Bible contains and, you know, can still encourage and show God's love? Um, But maybe is just stories or is it, you know, fully real? Like you were saying, you know, in Christianity, we are kind of called to believe that this is like the word of God. Mm Mm-hmm. And since i don't believe really God plays an active role, how can He speak these words to people and create a book?
1: Well, John, talk to that's me. that's why I believe that you should believe in <laughs> that, an active because yeah. i don't know if you can have the I know
0: and see that's my dilemma totally. you know
1: because uh, uh, no, and I understand your um
0: skepticism
1: c- no, that it wasn't even I understand oh. the way you're feeling because oh. it's like if uh you want there to be, I, I feel like you want there to be some role for the Bible in, in, maybe not in your life, but in the world. I don't know how, do you I feel like, are you kind of in process on that? Do you, because mm, uh, what prevents you, uh, maybe it's just your upbringing. What prevents yes, you from just saying, it, well, the Bible doesn't really have anything for me.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, because
1: you want to hold on to... I, I, I feel think like more you want so, to hold on to something.
0: No, that. I think more so I am nervous about what others will think of me if I say...
1: The Bible has nothing for, for me?
0: Yes. And not that it has nothing for me, because I really don't think that, but...
1: And I guess that's what I'm getting at, because you don't think, you don't think it's utterly useless. Oh, not at all. That's, th- what, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Oh. Because
0: so, here's the thing. Here's my two cents about it, I guess um like looking at the Jesus story and looking at all of the great things that Jesus did and all of the and said. Yeah, I like I think it has an incredible message that really impacts our society. I mean, it's the reason Christianity has stuck around this long, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a very powerful message. It talks about loving others, caring for others, surrendering um fears and anxieties, and I think that's amazing, and I don't think that that message changes whether in in essence if the Bible is literally real or not. And I know the message of Jesus does change because Jesus was a physical person who died and rose again. I understand that part. But I mean like the overall message of like why Christ came to earth, I don't think that changes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I guess I mean it does change if you believe that why Christ came to earth was to like accomplish something with his like his death and resurrection. Um and there's I mean it's become more more and more common for people to not say to say that's not why Christ came like a lot of yeah. people like it is more and more common to say like well Jesus just came to give us like some ideas or to like preach us this message of like love and um, acceptance and you know what, whatever however you want to boil it down yeah Um, but to me it's like Jesus doesn't like Jesus didn't come to just tell us some stuff like he didn't he came he came to tell us a message of like God's love and God's redemption and all that for sure But he also embodied that message. Like, Jesus isn't—he's not just a messenger. He is the message, I guess would be a a, a tweetable way to say it.
0: Tweet.
1: That being said—and I think that's the clear teaching of the Bible. Um, So if that's not the case, and, like, it is kind of, you know, whatever whatever terminology you want to say, like, just a story or just made up, I I don't think you would want to—maybe you wouldn't want to quite use that— terminology no um but to me that seems to show that the bible is pretty inaccurate about some pretty key things sure um and that calls into question the value of it as a whole if like if right. it says this thing about the world or is communic- communicating this thing about the world and that's not the case or perhaps the opposite is the case. I don't know that I, I'm not sure if there's a lot of reason to stick around at that point.
0: Right. And that actually leads into our next topic. Very well. Right. We're getting really good at this. We are getting good at this because when I was talking to Zach about, you know, he was telling me about his pastoring stuff and what he was doing with it. And he was saying that they met as like a group of pastors in your church. Right. Or was it?
1: Yeah. it's, It's, it's just an organization that I work for. Um, I won't use the name of it, but it's, uh, <laughs>
0: they would not like this,
1: <laughs> nah, they'd probably be fine with it. but just an organization that I work for. That's kind of like a, it's, it's like a Christian think tank is the best way to think about mm-hmm. it. Um, where pastors, specifically pastors, evangelical pastors get together and discuss different topics like a couple times a year. Yeah. And I work for that organization. Um,
0: and so, so the topic that they talked about, was it most recently yes. or was it? Was and, we'll, and
1: we'll continue to discuss it for the coming year. Maybe you should Multiple say what types. it was so I don't mess it up. Yeah. Um, so th- we had our first meeting on this topic, um, and it's the it's the issue of th- the historical Adam. Um, so the question, I mean, if you're not familiar with the uh, pretty pretty much doubt, I mean, maybe you are familiar with it. <laughs> Just the um, the question of was Adam father of all humanity, daddy, a historical person or not? Right. Um. Like, was there a physical person who existed, be it 6,000 years or 6 million years ago, as the Bible, on a straightforward reading, seems to say. Right. Um, so, and why this is, you know, for someone who, you know, a straightforward reading of the Bible, like I said, seems to imply that the world was created about 6,000 years ago. Adam and Eve were the first couple. Every single human being who's alive today is descended from them. Um, and i just like to point out that for 4,000 years or so, no one in the human race had a problem with this. Like, that wouldn't, that wouldn't have really confused anybody. It would have been like, yeah, sure, cool. Um, makes sense. But with the you know, past couple hundred years of scientific uh, thought and uh, the development of evolutionary biology, it's becoming more and more common, uh, certainly for secular people, to say there's no way that could be the case, um, <laughs> but also for Christians to think, okay, maybe this didn't quite the way we put this together and map this out. Uh, maybe that's not quite quite exactly how it happened. Right. Um, so that's the that's the question. I mean, there's a ton I could say about that, but maybe uh, if you could like guide the conversation a little bit to what you think would
0: yeah. Be um, interesting. and so kind of going back to what we were talking about for me. I see the Bible, unfortunately, as kind of a take-all or leave-all. You can't, like, say that. I think that's a
1: really good way to see it, honestly. Okay. Like, uh, it's all or nothing. Oh, good.
0: Um, And so, like, when we're talking about Jesus being a real person and, you know, that he actually lived and did everything he said, and then going back to Adam and saying, well, maybe he wasn't Mm -hmm. a real person and maybe it wasn't literal, maybe it was, you know, a metaphor or something. For me, it's hard to be like, yes, I believe Jesus lived, and no, I don't necessarily think Adam did. And I think that there's kind of a contradiction there. And yeah. so it's hard for me to kind of reconcile that yeah. because I do think it's a take it, take all or leave all. And so since I don't necessarily think Adam was a real person, then where am I supposed to take Jesus?
1: Right. Well, one <laughs> thing I would say is like the only... The Bible isn't the only reason we think Jesus existed. Um, like it's... It's 99, everyone's Instagram. Right. 99.9% <laughs> of people who are read up on the topic, just about no one contest that Jesus, contest that Jesus was sure. a historical person. Um,
0: but it's kind yeah. of what he did that is in.
1: It's, I mean, the, the thing, I mean, the resurrection, I guess, would be the, that's always the place where I want to go with it. It's yeah. like, dude, is Jesus' resurrection a historical fact or is it not? Right. Um, I happen to think that it is, um, <laughs> <What>? but <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so I guess my point because I, but I understand where you're getting because right. if you're, because it does seem, and I'm not saying I'm not coming down uh, on the historical Adam stuff. I'm kind of still in process on that because sure. I, I am working really hard to try to find a way to be like really faithful to the Bible, um, and I want to say uh, like the Bible is completely true. I I, I guess right. the main project like that I'm working through in my mind is what does it look like for me to maybe not, and I don't want to overstate this, but maybe not take the Bible hundred percent literally. Um, but to still believe that it's completely true.
0: Is that possible?
1: I, 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 believe it is like, I have faith to believe that it is. And, um, a few things on that. I read different parts of the Bible in different ways. I read, when I read the stories about Jesus, it seems pretty clear to me that the the people who wrote this are trying like I saw Jesus do this. Mhm. And I'm writing it down so you can know about it. Um and that's pretty clear from the genre of literature that the that the gospel stories are. Right. That that's the intent what the author's trying to do. Um with Genesis, it's less clear what the intent of the author is. Um and if you say well the stories about jesus are based on an eyewitness account even if you um, take a just the most straightforward reading of genesis 1 through 3 or genesis 1 i guess mostly it couldn't be an eyewitness account because no humans were there to <laughs> watch just like one guy to, with a camera with like to like watch the notebook. world be created and like he's like As god said yep. let there be light and he's like what did oh, you say god oh okay what
0: was oh okay
1: so um, in that sense they're already different one Clearly presents itself as an eyewitness account, and one doesn't. One presents itself as kind of like history in some sense, but also it has like legendary and mm-hmm. uh, uh, mythological elements. And when I say mythological, I don't mean false necessarily. Uh, C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien again. Uh, J.R. Tolkien was a Christian, and when C.S. Lewis was not, and J.R. Tolkien talked to, and they both studied m- mythology, ancient mythology. Ancient ancient, <laughs> ancient, mythology. And J.R. Tolkien once said to C.S. Lewis, because uh, C.S. Lewis was like, well, th- all those Bible stories, the Christianity, it, it just all seems like a bunch of myth to me. And J.R. Tolkien said, oh, well, yeah, because it is. But the thing about Christianity Ooh. is that it's a true myth.
0: See, but it's
1: the true myth, is what he was saying. Right. Say. But like, how. John is not impressed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, because I feel like you could say that about anything, though. You know, so like, who's the authority that's like this is the true myth. You know what i mean?
1: Yeah, i mean i mean there's going to be an authority structure no matter how you w- look at the world. Right. Um for sure. So i mean it, it i mean the bible and jesus and everything is it's all going to come down to whether whether you buy it or not cuz right. you're right everyone everyone can anyone can say this is true do you believe it and you can be like Psh, no right. or you can you can accept it and if you do accept it it's going to change the way you, you look at the world definitely um and it's certainly the case um with christianity so yeah you read different parts of the bible in different ways and maybe you like because it's really easy to say and it sounds like super spiritual and holy to say like i believe the bible is a hundred percent literally true uh-huh. um <laughs> but that's kind of like a deceptive way sometimes of talking about the Bible. Um, like an easy example is like Jesus uh, in like the Bible uses literary mechanisms and metaphorical language all the time, just like we, we do in everyday conversation. Right. Um, so when the Gospel of John talks about Jesus and it's and Jesus says, um, like, I am the door or I am the true vine or something like <laughs> that. It's pretty Just obvious Jesus that... Jesus as a door. Right. It's like, it's, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. I'm a door. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jesus, wow. you're, you're the son of God, so everything he has to say is literally true, <laughs> and I don't know what to <laughs> right. do with this now. Like, no, like, we we don't think that way. We obviously realize when Jesus says, I'm the door, that's like a metaphorical way of him talking, like, I am the access that you get to to God and eternal life, in sure. this case. Um Or another one is, um, like, the book of Proverbs. Um, This is, uh, like, a common verse that I talk about is um, this this verse in Proverbs that says, if you train up a child in the way he should go, then when he is old, he will not part from it. Um, And a lot of people will be like, well, the Bible's absolutely true. And so that's a promise. There's no way it could be wrong because it's in the Bible. So then they'll train up little Joey or Jane in the way that he or she should go. And then when they grow up, they're making all sorts of silly decisions. And then people are like, what gives like (laughs) if the Bible isn't true anymore, but the key to that is just understanding the nature of a proverb. Like a proverb is, it's a true ism. It's like a saying of what is typically the case. So, I mean, this is. You feel free to cut any of this out if it's not if it's not interesting and it's getting. No,
0: it's very interesting, and I guess.
1: So uh, just to finish the thought on the proverb, yes. real quick. So, when the Bible says, "Train up a child in the way uh, she should go, and when she's old, she won't depart from it," it is saying if you want your kids to turn out decent, just like tell them what to do when they're younger, and then when they're older, that's going to stick with them. And that's kind of like a general principle. Sometimes, like, usually it's true. Sometimes it's not. Um, but that's true of any, any sort of proverb in, in any language. So the key is understanding that we're, su- we're supposed to and we do intuitively read the Bible differently, different parts of the Bible in different ways. And I, yes,
0: and I, I, I understand. And yes, I understand what you're saying. I guess I'm trying to see it from an outsider perspective. Yeah. And can you see like how that can come across very like you're kind of just making up something so that your bible's true kind of thing? Yeah. You know, not that I believe that. I'm just saying from no, the outside totally. perspective. totally. And I
1: and I think and I think for the for the Adam question and like yes. the evolution question would be another one of it. It's like yeah. I want and everyone wants very badly for my way of looking at the world to make sense. I want the yes, world in general that, to make sense. Exactly. For me, a very central part of the world making sense is that there's a good God who created the world right. that wants us and commands us to live our lives in a certain way. Like all of that is very core to the central of my worldview. And right at the center of it is that Jesus is the Son, uh, son of God. He is. A like he is God, he is human and he died and he rose from the dead. Like that's all very central to the way I view the world. Yeah. So if that is central, Adam being a historical person or even the world being created in six literal days is a big part of my worldview, but maybe not as close to the center as God and Jesus and the resurrection. Um, so if I read about evolution and evolu- evolutionary biology or genetics and the geneticists are saying um, the human race probably didn't arise from a single couple, but a population of you know, a few dozen or a thousand people right. um, you know, a few hundred thousand years ago. And that doesn't seem to square with this other part of my worldview I'm not just going to, because that's just a challenge. Like it's cognitive dissonance, totally. And I'm <clears> like, well, I have this part of my worldview that's very important to me, but this isn't right in front of me, and that's also seems right, v- like pretty compelling. So what I'm trying to do is figure out a way to get those things, two things, to work because I don't, yeah. I, at no point in time, do I think that I everything I believe about the world is exactly right or like I have it all figured out. Um, I'm always going to be presented with new things and new material and I'm always gonna be tweaking the way I look at things. But like the Bible is a very central part of how I view the world. And I don't think I necessarily read the Bible. I, I know I don't. I don't read the Bible rightly all the time. I misunderstand the Bible right all the time. Um so if I thought the Bible was saying this, but then I look at the evidence of this thing and think okay, well, that doesn't work with what I thought the Bible said, but I believe the Bible is true. Maybe I'm not reading the Bible right. Um, and I, I just haven't even gotten, I'm not close to, and I haven't gotten close to the, the point where I want to throw the Bible out. Because, because um, and like I said way earlier, <laughs> I'm not, uh, this wasn't a problem to anyone who, when they read the Bible, this, just, this didn't bother anyone before about 1800 or so. I think it's very um, elitist of us in a way to assume that the Bible was written exclusively for our generation. Yeah, like, that's a great I, be- point. I believe God wrote the Bible. Grad, Grod. I believe Hello, God wrote the Bible. Yeah. You, can, you can cut that out. <laughs> I'm keeping maybe, it. Maybe, you know, you're keeping it. It was, it was too good. Too good. Remember that? Remember that one time when I said God, Grod. grad. That was hilarious. So funny, um, but it's very elitist in a way to say, okay, well, if God was going to write this book to communicate what He wanted to communicate to humanity, every single part of it needs to make perfect sense to me as a 21st century Western white male, or I'm going to throw it out. Right. I believe God wrote the God inspired the Bible to be written in order to communicate a huge volume of truth to people over generations and cultures all over the world and throughout history so there would have been things like i mean a really good example is there are a lot of really radical ideas in the bible about like sexuality for example it was very common in ancient cultures for people to believe that a man had absolutely full control control over his wife and that she was like a possession of his and that um she belonged to him and, uh, you know, sexually and otherwise. Mm-hmm. And it was a very radical idea when Paul wrote it in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 7 to say, I mean, yeah, the wife is the possession of the husband, sure, but the husband is also the possession of the wife the, uh, and, and the, the sexual possession of the wife. Um, so uh, Paul specifically says that the husband's body belongs to his wife which would have been like like absolutely mind-blowing when it was written and would have bothered people this is getting way too long but it would have bothered people um for most of human history that sort of thing yeah um until very recently and we hear that today and we're like preach paul sounds real good feminist movement yeah uh it's been women have been (coughs) abused for too long and like that just sounds really good to us but my point is that it wouldn't have at a different point in history and in different, and and even today in different cultural contexts, it sounds like, how dare you say that the wife has like control over her husband. Right. Um, So that's kind of my point with the, we get really hung up on the evolution Adam stuff because we feel like it doesn't make sense to us. Um, But that's just kind of elevating our current perspective and placing it in judgment over the Bible. When I believe that the Bible was written To address multiple cultures, multiple times, and the Bible should stand in judgment of us rather than the other way around.
0: Mic drop. Boom. That's great. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I it doesn't matter to me like what people believe. The only thing I am hoping is that people find the thing that really gives them purpose and like propels them forward. And yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Now we have to do. Don't you have to do your little uh, like preview ditty (coughs) where you record it at the end and then you talk about the episode at the beginning?
0: Um, yes, I, we do have to finish out this episode though. Okay. Uh,
1: I think I can do the email. Can you do chance? Yes. Ah, yeah. Do
0: you want to? I'll try. Okay. Do it. Okay. Hang on. Um, okay. First of all, I want to thank Zach for talking Woo. on this podcast. It was amazing. No, it was great. I hope I you guys was really, really liked it. This
1: was, I really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: I mean, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I love kind of the, the banter back and forth. I like that. I am now personally and spiritually in a place where I can talk about this stuff without like getting super angry because i would for a long time because i didn't understand and then i didn't feel understood and so it's nice to be able to talk to someone in like a very neutral zone not feeling judged like that's it is
1: like one of my big things like it's a like and that's something i think we don't certainly in christian circles we don't let people be like hey i don't get this yeah um and
0: see that's where i was when all this when when all this started happening i felt like in that zone And so it was very, it was very hard. So I'm glad that now there's someone to me for me to talk to. (laughs) I'm lonely. Um, So sad. Yeah, so sad. Um, But I hope you guys enjoyed it too. This is probably one of the best spiritual conversations we've ever had in regards to like Christianity and the Bible. Sorry, Mathis. I know we've had great conversations, but you can hit us up on our, actually, I'll let you do it. Or uh, do you want me to say you can hit us up on your email and then you do it?
1: Ah, uh, jeez, no, I can try. Like, uh, I would like to just just to preface this. Yes. I I, c- I consider myself uh, what was the term Mathis used the other, a uh, faithful listener or.
0: So it was something like that.
1: Something like that. A <coughs> listener of the podcast. Yes. So. Thank you.
0: <laughs> One of six. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> just kidding.
1: Um. So, I'm gonna try to do the email this without This is so riffing. exciting. So oh. if you want to tweet at the podcast, yeah, you can tweet at hello and adieu. Mm-hmm. That's h e l l o a n d a d i e u. Or you can email us yeah. at uh, eight, uh, hello and at gmail dot com. Yeah. That's h e l l o a n d a d i e u at gmail dot com. <laughs> so proud. Um, or and by us I mean John and Mathis <laughs> and Zach. <laughs> and Zach. If you have a question for me, you can be amazing. Email John and Mathis and they will watch now we're gonna get like twenty. Um and uh or you can rate or subscribe on iTunes Uh and comment because somehow apparently that helps other people find the podcast. Somehow
0: it does. We randomly get people they're like, Yeah, we found it.
1: Yeah,
0: so we haven't had anyone that's like boo they suck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: Can't wait. <laughs> they they have reminded me every single episode to do it, and I have yet to rate or subscribe on That's iTunes. That's okay. Sorry, John. That's okay. Um. So yeah, <laughs> I did. I did. I do it. Did you I did. Do everything? That was great. Did I miss anything? No. That was good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Adieu to
1: you, Zach. And adieu to you, John. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> God bless.